podcast. We're back, me and Rakib, for another episode of comedy, and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back to my closet, dude. <laughs> Thanks for having me here, man. As you guys may you guys may not know, but we're in his brother's bedroom slash closet slash. Yeah, I I think we use it as a storeroom of some sort now. The issue with this place is that it doesn't actually have any windows. Slash meth lab. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I wish we had a meth lab. That's fancy. <laughs> So uh, what what's what's been what's what's been happening as of late? Uh, depression with the new lockdown. I mean, no, I mean, apart from the obvious. <laughs> man, I can't stand. I do. Have you seen the the Britain has started a petition to not bring back the clock for one hour? What? Because, yeah. What, what, why? 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 They don't want to stand another hour of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it, gained, it gained so many signatures. How, how is the country that gave birth to Isaac Newton not know how time works? <laughs> it, they used to be great. You see, yeah. It was the Great Britain. Yeah. yeah. Just like a Persian Empire was mm. the Great Empire. Yeah. And now they're... I don't know what we are anymore, man. <laughs> the scum of the earth. <laughs> I, I uh, great pistachios, though. <laughs> They've taken over everything. Yeah. <laughs> like even, our, even China has taken away our pistachios. Yeah, no. They make them in the factory in Shenzhen. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like great, what, are you, what are you guys known for? I'm like, carpets and pistachios? Yeah, carpets, pistachios... Uh, and some other stuff. <laughs> illicit wine. I don't know. Illicit wine. Taking over embassies. Take it over. <laughs> it's, our, it's our favorite Christmas activity. <laughs> <laughs> you have an embassy, we'll take over it for don't, you. <laughs> don't peek at the presents. <laughs> Why is this what ticking? Don't ask. Hello, <laughs> Akbar motherfucker. Come here. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, this tree looks like it belongs in the flag of Lebanon. What gives? <laughs> oh man, Lebanon! Mm. You think you got? I felt like I had a, like just a testament to what why this year has been really biblical. Like yes. the explosion in Be- in Lebanon. Yeah, it was. I think this is the closest thing I've seen in modern times to a nuclear. Like explosion. They said that it was like a tenth of the one they dropped on Hiroshima, which is, which is still Still very huge. huge. The only way you could get an explosion that big is if you made a conventional bomb the size of a bus. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was very, very bad. And the weird bit is... I felt scared watching it. Yeah, I thought, I didn't know how to feel. Like, my brain just went, you know, arrow 404, emotions not found. Yeah. When I saw the explosion. And my and when I read into it, or rather, at work, right, we were, we were putting news up about, at, uh, about the explosion because, you know, I work in a newspaper. That's what I do. But... There's a whole bunch of background information that has to be cut out because it won't fit on the paper. Yeah. So I get to read that Mm -hmm. shit. And the thing is, they don't know who bought or where the fertilizer was supposed to be going. Yeah. That's the weird thing. Like, it was transported on a ship 
the, yeah. with an owner that they don't know, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to go to one factory, and then the factory was like, we didn't actually order this, and then the one com- another company was like, we didn't actually, you know, commission to transport this it was another company. That company doesn't exist anymore. One of the people has have already died from a heart attack, so the trail goes cold. No one knows where this fertilizer, who owns the fertilizer. Yeah. It was all this bizarre mishmash. I mean, to this day, like the most recent news in regards to that was that the the captain of the ship yeah. needs to be imprisoned yeah. or sued for money. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, no, he really shouldn't. They the ship has been there for years. Yeah, and the fucked up part about it is that you have this amount of ammonium nitrate. Yeah. In it. And nobody thought about unloading it and separating it anyway. It just, it was just there. Yeah, because they figured nothing would happen to it. Like it was, they thought, oh, it's probably sand, uh, damp and soggy. So no one, it's not going to explode or anything. Uh, and ammonium nitrate on its own some doesn't constitute an explosive. You have to mix it with other things, apparently. Uh, I think it does. I did. I did watch a. I did watch a lecture on it. Yeah. Uh, it does. Like uh, one of the biggest. Exp- it, it's actually the compound that will help blowing up something else. Right. Right. But in itself, and in the, the amount that it had. Yeah. It 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 can't be. It had it had critical mass in order to it do had, that. It had enough mass for it to be like. All right, time yeah. to go, guys. Yeah. All right, uh, enough because, enough people at the party. <laughs> just go. Time to get crunk. I was a previous time, actually in US, I've heard of it before because in the USA, this guy who went and blew up uh, this American dude. Yeah, Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. And yeah. The, like the, you know what the thing about, he used ammonium nitrate, yeah. of course, following with other compounds yeah, to uh, build the bomb. Ammonium nitrate fuel oil is what it's called. It's called ANFO. They usually use it in mining because it's great for breaking up rocks or concrete. And it's cheap, right? Because you don't use a high explosive with when you want to do mining. It's expensive. It doesn't break rocks as well. You want to use a low explosive like ANFO, which is what he did. And he attacked the IRS building because yeah. he was sort of like a a right a, a right wing fringe sort of lunatic. Yeah. And had a and had beef against the IRS for you know instituting usury, but uh, that's not really saying it. Everybody hates the IRS in yeah. America because if you ever been in America and had to file out your tax forms, you might as it's easier to. To, to decode the fucking Enigma machine. I yeah. swear to God. This form looks like a psychotic design, the D&D sheet. <laughs> it's so bad, man. It's, uh, hearing about the tax laws in America is like... Uh, 40% of your earnings go to the yeah. IRS. And, uh, that's just minus the... That's just the IRS and not the federal... Uh, Federal gains tax. Really? Yeah. So uh, aside from the normal tax that you pay for the IRS, then there's some you might even have to pay for to the federal government for if you had like some additional earnings Mm. or anything as such. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was called capital gains tax or something like that. I think it's meant for certain tax brackets and certain categories of people. 
So the guy who the, that guy was like having it was like no fuck this I, I ain't hearing it. I'll go blow off a building. <laughs> of course, we're simplifying the matter. Yeah, we're 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 not tax experts, nor are we explosive experts. Yeah, but uh, we we feel the need to talk about it because uh, we're we're comedians. We have no ability to not talk shit about things we have no fucking yeah, idea yeah. about we, the only way we can get away with that is to be prefaced with the fact that we don't know shit yeah yeah yeah. we're basically just human YouTube comments that's all we are yeah so if you want to be mad or outraged I don't know go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> if you are fucking yourself though can I watch <laughs> I'm so lonely <laughs> <laughs> male or female if you're I doing mean, so yeah <laughs> Drop us a like, comment, <laughs> like, comment, <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, Sus- yeah he, he I'll is- subscribe to your OnlyFans. <laughs> fifty cents. I'm, I'm having fifty percent off. Fifty cents, guys. <laughs> but it was like, what was it? The uh, he had in this guy put enough thought yeah. into the bomb that he built an actual metallic cage yeah. at the back of the bomb so it would project the entire force of the bomb to the building right right, right. and I was like man how much like the thought process this guy went through he thought of it for quite some time oh yeah 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 and yeah. he really invested some, like if he had invested half the time into actually building a career <laughs> he, he would be the new Steve Jobs or whatever I always thought it was really interesting that the kind of people who would dedicate themselves to domestic terrorism uh, have enough intelligence and work ethic to make enough money so that they could actually pay the taxes they tried to avoid <laughs> You know, but it's it's like that for for a lot of people too. We we talk about you know terrorists like they're weirdos or psychos, but in a smaller scale, we're all kind of like that. Like the amount of effort we put into just bullshit um, could enable us to do pretty amazing things. Like I'm pretty sure the the kind of Dexterity and reflexes that it requires for you to play um, like a, a Fortnite on a professional level. You could probably be like a like a concert pianist or something. I don't know, but but you know, we 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 use what we got for what we like. You know? Here's the thing about that movie you mentioned is like. Um, I don't know. I, his motive was definitely not vengeance. It's even he was, I think he was just cuckoo. Yeah, yeah. I did see this guy. Uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix now or not. Uh-huh. There's this documentary called documentary called Tread. Uh huh. Have you heard of anything like no, that? No, no, I haven't heard about Tread. The, um, he's the he's my favorite person. <laughs> what? Because because of the genius. Like you think this guy who pull up a building? Yeah. No, he was just an angry kid, and there was some loopholes that he went through, and he like if to simplify him in a sense. Right. He and he wanted to blow up a building yeah. filled with innocent people. Really. Right. Right. So really, in the nutshell, fuck him. Yeah. Uh, I, but there is this other guy who had a legitimate motive. Right. 
And his motive was also, the beautiful thing about it was that he really spent time to not go through with what he was about to go through. Oh, okay. And here's a story. Here's this guy in one of the towns in America. Yes. Who uh, had a bulldozer business. Who was a, <laughs> he was also a mechanical engineer. Right. Uh, previously, he had, he had, if he wasn't a mechanical engineer per se, right. he had a very good engineering mind. Right. Because right. what he did, I couldn't believe it. Like I had to research it to think, to understand it wasn't a hook. Right. And by God, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, this guy had a bulldozer business or whatever in this town. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think it's like 60 years, 65 years old dude. Yeah. Um, people loved him. Apparently, it wasn't a. It they wasn't always a say that. They yeah. always say that. Every time there's a serial killer show, he seems so normal. <laughs> Ted Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so handsome and nice, and I love his yellow Volkswagen. Uh, oh, lady, you, 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 you're gonna get killed. Yeah, uh, run, motherfucker, run, you idiot! <laughs> it's always like, the nice ones. Yeah, be really careful. Yeah, is like he. This one, he wanted to start a business in the town that he right. was at, and they said it was gonna. You cannot start your business at this workshop that you have uh, now because you have to start. You have to build a sewage sewage pipeline right. to the main sewage line, right? Which is going to cost you. And his place from the sewage line was three miles away, right? So it would have cost them somewhere around sixty to seventy thousand dollars to pay for that sewage line, right? Okay. And he really tried to do this, and he couldn't do it. And right. then he went on, uh, and then he and he thought let down, and he thought was. Pretty pissed, and there is a very rich family living in that town who's yeah. been like there for generations now. Right, and he kind of went up to the idea of oh the patriarchy or the not the patriarchy, the, the patriarch of the town. The, the, yeah, like they're the rich rich people here. They're determining I can't do right, this or right, not, right. and fuck them and all that. And he's like, all right, well, you know what I'm gonna do? He had a bulldozer. He was like, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna sell my bulldozer. Fuck it. Yeah, okay. And he puts his... I'm going to close down my shop, Okay. He puts his bulldozer up for sale for a year. Nobody buys it. Okay. Not one person buys it. And he said, you know what? I realize this is a sign from God. (laughs) Which is always usually how it starts. (laughs) A sign from God, quote-unquote, is usually not a great sign for everybody else. Yeah, God is kind of... (laughs) Yeah. And whenever he brings a sign down, yeah. you, you better just hope it goes easy on you. Yeah, yeah. God's looking at his own sign going, I really need to hire a copy editor. This is... <laughs> Here's a sign of <laughs> fucking blood. <laughs> Here's a sign of Fukushima. Isn't that a big sign? I think he's a guy... God is a guy with big fingers who's trying to press the dial button. It's <laughs> like pressing five of them at the same time. He's a real sweetheart but it's just too thick <laughs> yeah this, there's a problem with scale here just a little bit yeah but he did that he became uh, he spent a year engineering yeah. a death machine out of this out of this bulldozer oh this yeah yeah I, I know about yeah killdozer kill uh, I don't know if that's what they call him but yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> that's I remember I've 
when I was a kid, I, I read about uh, this dude. The, he, uh, the, the bulldozer, he turned it into a tank, basically. He turned it into a tank, an impenetrable tank. Yeah. They couldn't yeah. Fuck, do anything to it. Yeah. Uh, he like the genius of it when I heard it I like I had to stand up and clap <laughs> <laughs> because because yeah. he was like he put two layers of steel yeah. of, a, of it like a of it of a like a one or two inch reinforced steel yeah. next to each other and fill up the between of, mm. between with concrete right 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 so right, there right. is no fucking no. way your anti tank rifle no. can do anything no you're shooting a building Let's you're be shooting real. a building. And he reinforces it. He puts up ventilation systems. Right. You can't open it from outside. In. Right. You can only open it from the inside out. Apparently. Right, right, Once right. Once you close it. Yeah. Air ventilation. Oh. And he also has covered up the front of the thing. So technically, if you look at it from outside, you're like, how the hell is he seeing anything? Right. But he surrounded it with like like this. This guy was an original VR the guy. <laughs> okay. He put cameras around the truck so he would look at the monitors. What? And he would drive using the cameras that he has placed outside of the bulldozer. Ah. So you mean to tell me a sixty-five-year-old? I'm very. I'm assuming schizophrenic was. Was the original Iron Man? Is the what original think. Iron Iron Man ain't got shit on him. <laughs> he was probably Iron Man's dad. I won't be fucking. <laughs> yes. He did that shit. He really did it. And oh, and he also put up uh, holes to have uh, 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 what's it called? These um, armor piercing sniper rifle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, through these holes, so he would shoot at right, different right. targets. <laughs> And he went and wrecked the entire town. <laughs> and he had a, by the way, he had a shit list, so he never I really see. hit anything just yeah. to hit something. Yeah, I if see. he's going to building, he yeah. has a purpose. <laughs> he goes and wrecks that family business place. Yeah, yeah. He wrecks. Uh, I think he goes to the library. I don't know why. I think it was at the end of this thing. And he yeah. had, and he had put a lot of he he had reinforced gas tank. Yeah. So he would. Not run out of fuel. Right, right, right. The fuel tank. Yeah. One of the cops jump on top of the thing. He can't get in. Oh. One of the cops jump on top of it, and it was like I was on top of it, and I started shooting at like the air ventilation system. Nothing. Nothing was happening, and at the end, I realized I'm just on top of this thing going for a ride. And eventually oh the thing God. that became his demise was that he fell into he went over a building which had a basement yeah. and the weight of it went down so he couldn't get out oh. and, and it was already running out of fuel right 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 and, he, and then he shoots himself huh and they all lived happily ever after <laughs> here's here's what I find really fascinating about this dude because clearly a bit of a monster yeah but also how extra yeah. is your terrorism yeah. that you think to yourself, I could make a bunch of bombs, but that's just too basic. Yeah. I'm going to go Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> on this. Witness me! <laughs> I'm gonna die I'm gonna die gloriously on the Fury Road. Shiny and crow! Blood bank! <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I yeah. Uh, 
I have a, I had a bunch of friends over, and for some odd reason, we were all discussing how we would want to die. Oh yeah. yeah well, of course, that's what that's what that's guys just, do. That was. <laughs> what do you guys do when you met up? Well, we were all discussing how you're gonna die. Yeah. No. All the girls are like, I bet he's cheating on me right now. Yeah. And he's like, Man, I want to die in such a way. No idea. Weird hypothetical abstract things dudes talk about when they're around. And everybody's like, I just don't want to go. I just don't want to get Alzheimer's or you know yeah. die slow. Can't you know? And I'm like, I want to die in an explosion of my own making, preferably mid air. <laughs> I just want to. If I could just, if I could just get an airplane yeah. and crash it into a fireworks factory, <laughs> that'd be fine. You know, it would be instantaneous and entertaining. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I want to make him replica of uh, the Twin Towers of New York. <laughs> and then drive a plane into it and say, hey, this time it was an Iranian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I'm tired. Like, I got into I got an argument with this American dude yeah. who blamed me. Blamed me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Not, not the Iranians. No. He blamed me. Specifically. <laughs> Specifically you. me yeah. uh, and as an Iranian. Like, that's yeah. all it mattered for him. It was like, I'm Iranian. Yeah. It's like, you guys did the 9-11 thing. I was like, they were Saudis being trained yeah. by you guys in your own soil. Yeah. And they were funded in Saudi Arabia. So yeah. Why are you blaming your me? ally country? Yeah, you know, the so one you get your oil from? Yeah, the one that you're selling weapons to, which is going to be used on you. Yeah. Later. The one that is buddy buddy with one of your presidents? Like, yeah. You, you know that every person that attacks you is basically a Frankensteinian monster of your own making, right? Yeah. It really, it really bothered me. I was like, man, dude, like every document says Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Saudi yeah. Arabia, but I'm getting blamed for you, for uh, your shit. <laughs> see, that's the problem because when the war, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was not the problem because I was like 17 when the towers went down. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden you realize that overnight you've become a geopolitical pariah. Yeah. Right. And at the time, I was just hanging out with my two of my friends, one of which was this this Canadian who was the same age as me, and I was in the car with his mom, and I didn't realize that they were like a conservative Christian family. Yeah. And they hadn't locked on to the fact that I was a Muslim. Yeah. And so when I, and so they were discussing the thing, and I'm like, and I was like, oh well, I'm a Muslim. I'm like, and the mom turned around, you are? You're like, yeah, what what did you think I was? (laughs) For the next 15 minutes, just science lab level silence in this car. Because they suddenly realized they didn't know whether to be embarrassed. uh, Outraged. Or outraged or scared or whatever. Because suddenly the boogeyman is taking up two and a half seats in your (laughs) backseat. Like, huh? Huh? The, the terrorists are a lot bigger than I thought they'd be. <laughs> he can choke me with these. He can choke two of my kids with each of his hands. <laughs> I was like, I tried extra hard to like fit in, you know. Like I'm, I'm probably like the only Muslim. Uh, I'm from the only Muslim family in the entire neighborhood that I'm in. Yeah. Right. 
So, and my friend is this pastor's kid. Yeah. And my other friend is this, like, Canadian who wants to be a stuntman when he grows up. All right. So, we're this really weird group. And so, hey, do you want to set up Christmas decorations for the Salvation Army? I'm like, sure. It sounds like a great time. And it was a great time. And looking back, and I think to myself, man, I really gentrified myself to blend <laughs> in with these people. <laughs> I have no idea, man. Yeah. There's this weird brand. I mean, uh, it doesn't have a good rap anymore to say you're a Muslim or anything. Unfortunately, like, I, I, it's a bit taboo to even say it because everybody's like, yeah. well, what the fuck do you mean? I'm, I'm like, like, no, it's... The second you say that, it comes with this whole bag. Like, uh, I mean, the fact that the, we're the, the recent news: the guy had his head cut off by yeah. a, by a fucking Russian. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, Who's, yeah, because he showed a picture of the Prophet, Prophet Muhammad. I the see. Caricature. Now, now there's an interesting thing. That dude technically is a Chechnyan. Yeah, Chechen. He's yeah. a Chechnyan, and Chechens are some next level people. Yeah, right. They got snow in their veins. Yeah. Uh, they they cannot. I honestly think that in order to kill a Chechnya, you need to make a pact with the devil or something. It doesn't. Have, it's a, a region yeah. where conflict is kind of. You can find conflict as a DNA in the yeah. fucking system. Right. It's either you've had it or not. Yeah. It's. It's. Um, I always explain to people, no, no, you need to understand, he's, he's not a Russian, he's a Chechnyan, and a Russian will correct you twice, because a Chechnyan is to a Russian what a Russian is to the rest of the world. Yeah, you know? very nice, nicely put, yeah. Yeah. You think a Russian is intimidating, you've never hung out with a Chechnyan before, because even at their friendliest, you think, this motherfucker's gonna do something crazy. I just know it. Like... I went, in, I went to an Islamic university, right? Yeah. Because affordable. And... The thing about Islamic university in Malaysia is that because it's all English speaking, it's secretly liberal in the humanities yeah. and the rest of the faculties don't like it. So we're these bunch of hipsters just discussing themes of sex and violence in like in like Jane Austen or whatever. And they're like, what the hell are they talking about? We're making we're sitting! You can't do anything about it because it's a part of the syllabus, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, for the Arabics class, I had uh I had Chechen classmates. Right? And these dudes just would not let up clowning at the back of the class. Just all every single session I'm trying to figure out you know verb declensions and this they're like ah you know but they're f the fun people right mm. very fun people and then one one of them missed a midterm exam uh -huh. and without any kind of like emotion or drama explain to the lecturer oh I uh, I missed uh, midterm because I had to go back to a grandmother's house what happened? Oh, the government bombed the house? <laughs> you know? And uh, the house is gone, so the government is trying to give me new house because bomb destroyed grandmother's house. So I have to go back and do, you know, paperwork for grandmother. Oh my god. <laughs> He's describing it like he lost his pencil. And I'm like, huh, it's just another Tuesday for this motherfucker, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's quite, it explains and like people are like, 
um, people are saying like, why are Russians, for example, are yeah. like so? Yeah. Why are Russians Russians? Yeah. Air yeah. quotes. Yeah. Because like you need to understand like that's a region. Yeah. Where. If you're not strong, you better yeah. be smart because yes. if the environment doesn't kill you, yeah. the government will try to kill right. you, or any or other people will try to kill you. Right. Uh, the cold itself kind of becomes this filter for quality. Yeah. And the quality is either your brains or your physical physicality. Right. Yeah. That's why you see like so many great Russian authors. Yeah. You see so many great Russian lawyers, yeah. journalists. Like, yeah. A lot of great minds come out of there. At yeah. the same time, you have a lot of great Russian athletes. Yeah. Now imagine you have an army of Russians. Yeah. No, if so, you tell me, if you tell me I have an army, I'm like. Fine, whatever. And you tell me again, they're, oh, they're all Russian. I'm like, fuck, fuck it. No, 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 <laughs> fuck this shit. I'm not dealing with this shit. It's like they're strong in the bones. Yeah. Term. And like Chechens are interbeated with the Russians. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't remember when Chechens didn't have a conflict. Yeah, that's true. Sort. Yeah. Um, it, and what we have now, like, um, that, you know Dagestan, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's, it's like, they're almost similar to yeah, Chechens in a, a very a, sense. But, a, yeah. And Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov, of the UFC fighter, oh, is we, from Dagestan. Oh, we know Khabib, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Dagestani. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, he's going to have this match, his match on uh, Saturday night at right. uh, Qatar. Yes. Um, and here's the thing, uh, his friend, uh, one of he, this guy was like, hey, let me come and journal your hometown and everything. Right. And he was like, sure. And, and the guy stayed with them. Yeah. Khabib said to the, gave a key to the guy, yeah. to his room. And he was like, you stay here. And yeah. then he just said to, Khabib told him, don't go out at night. <laughs> <laughs> if really? Khabib you, nor Magmedov yes. tells you, don't go don't out go at night. Yeah. <laughs> you stay the fuck in. If it's scary for him, yeah. risky for him, yeah. what the fuck would it be to you? And like, yeah. just, just for him, like, so just show you that there is someone tougher than Khabib, yeah. far more scarier than him. Yeah. That are going to be there out there and he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah, no, it's... It's a uh, it's Chech the Dagestan is essentially uh, a Russian concentrate. Yeah, <laughs> but it's compounded by the fact that they're basically an ethnic minority, which is something you also don't want to be. Yeah, in in Russia as well, and you have a reputation of of being very of being a martial culture, right? And yeah. if you buy into that into that myth, it amplifies the need for toughness and whatnot. So. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. This it's just like when th- when things are not dangerous or yeah. tense, they, they're a lot of fun, right? Like weak people emerge. <laughs> weak people. Emerge. You just have to. You just have to keep up. That's it. It's a, that's a problem with antibiotics. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's like no. I, I believe firmly that I should not be alive. Yeah. Today. Uh, oh like, yeah, same. Like if same. I was born uh, five hundred years ago, I'll be I'll be dead. Yeah, I'll be probably be dissolved in the womb long yeah. before I'll yeah. be considered. My mother would reabsorb me for the nutrients. For the nutrients, <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah. Because, but it's like I mean, like I heard about the tale of like a baby being born in Russia. It's mm-hmm. like they're born. They like put them in the 
snow yeah. for five seconds after he's born. Yeah. So his body gets acclimated with the temperature of yeah. the surroundings immediately right. before it actually moved to right. back then side. And yeah. then like they feed him uh, a bit of vodka actually. With of course, <laughs> of course they do. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Like, no. like, the, the doctor was like talking is like give him every day a teaspoon of uh, lemon lemon. Yes. And then increment just slowly increase it yeah and then slowly like they put up a little bit of a like add a bit of vodka to it i don't know why <laughs> i really don't know why i guess it helps the baby sleep i know it to be a true rush you need to be able to drink vodka because uh, those sons of bitches there, there was this girl <laughs> yeah there was this girl who came uh, she was uh from Kazakhstan? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I am yeah. very familiar with Kazakhs. God, yeah. they're beautiful, aren't they? It's, it's <laughs> distracting because I used to be a teacher in this English school in, in Banda Utama. Ooh, right? you were a teacher. I was a teacher. And you were the. <laughs> How bad do you want to say, boss? <laughs> yes. I got an A. He gave me a D. No. <laughs> just. <laughs> I give you the A. You get, you get the D. Come on. <laughs> no, but it was, it was very sort of like, it was very, very awkward, right? Because I didn't really want to have anything to do with the students. They just kind of annoyed me because it's like, you got to study. I'm like, eh, I'm fucking around. Right. Uh, and then the, the Kazakhs came in. Right, and the, <laughs> just the way you sentenced that, yeah. they were all fucking around. And then the Cossacks came. In. <laughs> it really didn't feel like that. The Red Army is yes. here. <laughs> the tribe has arrived, <laughs> and it really does feel like that because you have this, you have this Central Asiatic group of teenagers yeah. like coming in, and they're kind of wild and rambunctious and hard to control, but they're also very, very passionate and they'll listen to you and they want to learn, but it's like they have too much energy for their own good. Yeah, they do. Uh, and um, uh, at the risk of sounding creepy, you know, just dis some of them distractingly beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. you know, like it's just like a, like a bunch of Victoria's Secret models just walk into my room. Yeah. Their worst is like their worst is a 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They start at 10. Yeah. And they go up from there. Um, but you don't want to see a one, no. No, no. Or a no. five. Because anything below 10 yeah. for the worst right. is just happened to be a mutant. Yeah. I've seen like, I've, I've only seen like two ugly Russian women yeah. and they're all like been come out of Chernobyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. It's, it's very weird. It's like. It's either you're amazing or you're borderline. <laughs> yes. But this, yeah. This one is beautiful. This one, breed for strength. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes both, if you're lucky. Cosimoto. You know? yeah. It's <laughs> just weird. She went beauty pageant and then she deadlift. It's very good. <laughs> exactly. You know. So it's, how are they in the class? Oh, it varies. It really varies. Some of them were very attentive. The boys were constantly fucking around. A few of them were sm were almost too smart for their own good. Uh, and what it, do you mean by that? Like they get him the lesson really quickly, and that would give them that would give them license to just fuck around for the rest of the class. Uh huh. So you're like, you gotta pay attention. There's more to this shit. So I would constantly like distract them with like riddles and shit, like mm. you know. 
like I would play this I spy games with them to, you know, see if they knew the name of the object in the room or whatever, you know. Mm, and okay. and uh, and then this one time they were making too much noise and I was like, shh, 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 shh. hang on, hang on for a second. And they were like, what, what, what? Shh, shh. You hear that? You, you hear, do you hear that noise? What? That's the noise of people paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> you should pay attention. <laughs> okay. And he's like, Mr. Rakib is always very grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're all incredibly beautiful. <laughs> I can't do shit with you. No, it's just... <laughs> At the same time, play it, pay attention for God's sake. No, actually, it's the complete opposite for me. Because it's this point of where, you know... When a person achieves a level of attractiveness that is too high, yeah. they suddenly become completely unsexual to me. I understand what you mean exactly, right. because you kind of go like, now it look, looks like I'm looking at a painting. Yeah, yeah, right. I like to look at you. Yeah, <laughs> That's it. yeah. it's this like, oh, now you're just an abstract concept. Yeah. Right. Appearance-wise, you're like this ideal that I can't even think of you as a human being anymore. You're like this work of art. And it's like, I can't, I can't think of sex any more than I can think of wanting to put my dick in the Mona Lisa. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's impossible, right? Like, I have friends in real life who are like this, who are just so gorgeous. You, they don't even register on the radar anymore. Yeah. Because, because it's like, what would be, what is the, what is the probability of this happening? Yeah. Right? So you, so your brain just shuts down. I'm like, okay, now you're just a black cut out of the unlocked character in NBA or something. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, so it's, it's, there was never any problem with regards to, Oh, if, if, you know, as a teacher, you, it's very easy to just shut it down because it's like, at the end of the day, you're still kids and you're kind of gross. Yeah. Because I've had to be like a... So the school thought that it, they could also be a tourism agency at the same time, even though we're not licensed. So there was... They had a summer program for all of the Kazakh students and they would bring them on tours, like to all of these tourist spots around KL. But we didn't even have the the equipment to do it so I'd be online after work just looking for rental agencies for vans and minibuses to take these kids around town I never had to do it but I had to chaperone them while they were you know uh, while they were being lodged in like some in some random mansion in like Shahalam or something because mm. that's that's what the boss could afford this is even before BNB mind you all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to be the chaperone and it's like three days in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of noisy Kazakh teenagers and uh, everybody uses the same bathroom. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I. it's very apparent that you're all just a bunch of children. So, so it's like you can't. You, you honestly can't be attracted to anything. It's really weird. And it's it sort of shuts you down for like wanting to date anyone else at all because it's like 
if I have a kid, it's going to be one of those. I don't think I want to do that. Yeah, it's going to be too much trouble. I think I'm permanently turned off. Yeah. For the rest of my life. What was it? The um, university that I went to is like, yeah, it used to bring uh, a considerable amount of Kazakhs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considerable. Like, okay. suddenly, like, you look and you're like, where did all these Kazakhs come in? And they used to have, like, Kazakh. You said like Kazakh tours, but like you would know when the university is gonna have a new batch of just Kazakh students. Really? Because the preparation was a little different. Oh. Yeah, you would see a little bit more formality, a little bit more uh. welcoming. I didn't. I don't. I still don't understand why there was a, such a huge attraction from Kazakhs to uh -huh. Malaysia. Uh, I know there were some political. Uh, backing to it, which I'm not willing to really 100% go get into, but I think you know what I mean by the... Yeah. There was some... We had a notable, you know, not to name names, but we had like a... The daughter of a very notable politician was married to a very mm -hmm. notable mm -hmm. Kazakh. Kazakh. Yeah. So the diplomatic relations were established in the medieval way. Yeah. <laughs> Allegiances through marriage. You married my daughter. The, and <laughs> yes. And now our kingdom shall be what? You know, it's, it's <laughs> All very, very old-fashioned, actually, come to think of it. Just two nominally Muslim kingdoms just marrying their children together and now trade routes happen. Exactly, pretty much, it really went on just like that. And, yeah. Um, I remember, and Kazakhs are like, it's right next to like border with China. And mm, yeah, so it's yeah. Like you have these like Chinese mixed with Russian, so it's like you just suddenly see this incredibly beautiful girl, yeah, a beautiful woman who like have the essence of like China and Russia, yeah, with the yeah. liver of a Russian, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a Russian liver, because <laughs> I can't keep up. I can't. Yeah, it's these, these people are and nuts. I, I became uh, friends with one of them, mm. and uh, we went to this uh, clubbing a club in not a club. It's just a pub. Right, that was your first mistake drinking with a Kazakh. That oh no, no, no! Here's the thing: yeah. I was smart enough not to do that. Okay, okay, good, Is that falling? Want to bring it down? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring it down. I just, just a pillow. Yeah, just put it down. Sorry. Okay. I think it's a pillow. It might be a sex doll. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I won't be surprised. It's a huge one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're you, pretty interchangeable. You I need think. five pumps for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Washing's a bit more complicated. <laughs> yeah. But like he, uh, she, and I went to the pub and mm. a bunch of other friends. And there were these Westerners who saw her, and you can't tell she's a Kazakh. Right. Um, but, like, they were hitting on her. Right. And they were like, well, get a drink. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. kind of pulling up that macho bullshit yeah, of, like, let's have a yeah. drinking contest. And yeah, yeah. Not really a drinking contest per se, but they really started shelling out drinks for mm -hmm. her, and mm -hmm. she drank. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, it's free, I'm sure. And they were noticeably all, they were like, there were two shots away from getting blackout drunk, and she was just looking around like nothing happened. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure this I was is like, like a, I asked her, like, are you okay? Are you drunk? She was like, no, I'm a little tipsy, but I'm, yeah. I'm like, you just drank half a bottle by yeah. yourself. She's Not half a bottle, sorry, two, uh, uh, two thirds of it was gone just by her. It was like, yeah, no, it's it's what we do before it's breakfast. Good. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's good. Right. It's yeah. good. Because <laughs> I know the vodka is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> but 
and I'm like, what the fuck? They were dead. They were yeah. really trying really hard to hit on her. I was just sitting back. Here's, people think I'm like quiet yeah. and shy. I'm like, no, I'm just really sit right. back and enjoy the shit that you guys put up. No, no, no. <laughs> they, look, they look delicate and they're made of iron. That's what it's like, you know? Really, really, like Anthony Bourdain, you know, you know yeah, Anthony Bourdain? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that guy. It was yeah, like, yeah. And God rest his soul. Really. But, but yeah. he went to the, he said like, I would only go to Russia once every two or three years. Yeah. Because I'll, it takes me that long to recover from a trip to Russia. Yeah, yeah. Russia uh, Russia and South Korea were the two Oh spots yeah, that yeah. It's like I'm. I'll have a problem there every yeah. time I go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he was saying it's like I think it was on with uh, not Opie and Anthony, but uh, uh, Jimmy and uh, uh, Opie, Opie mm, yeah. Radio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when they were already separated, and yeah, he yeah. was he was talking like in Russia every time you cheers. Yeah. It's at the. It's every time you take a shot, you usually cheers into something. Mm, yeah. And like it starts with like here, cheers to the time we showed those fucking Americans, <laughs> and, you know, like, and then like we drink to that, and yeah. then like by the thirtieth shot, you run out of you run out yeah, of yeah. things yeah, to yeah. say. So it goes like, well. Cheers to my mother. <laughs> if you don't drink, you'll be like, "Well, fuck your mother." <laughs> you can't. You cannot drink that. You have to drink it. Yeah. It's like my cheers to my mom who gave yeah. birth to this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck that bitch. I'm gonna drink that. I'm not gonna drink to her. <laughs> oh, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. I wonder what he, like this was a year I was hoping I. I I wish he was alive just to say what the fuck has gone on this year. Oh yeah, that would be really interesting. Isn't His take it? would have been very, very welcomed. Yeah, yeah, with all the craziness that that was happening all around. Yeah, can I come a little closer? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, just I need mean, because he had these really hot takes on geopolitics as he was going around. Right, I am. He's seen everything. He's seen everything. He's gone to, you know, one of the most poignant moments is when he he went to Laos, and uh, he 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 witnessed the this weird contrast of how warm the people were and how poverty stricken they are. Yeah, and um, he just went on a rant telling Kissinger to go fuck himself, and it was yeah. like, you know. For the longest time, me being me being a student of the humanities, never really knew what to think of Henry Kissinger. Yeah, because I because we knew him in abstract, but we didn't understand what happened on the ground. Yeah, you know, and it took a chef from New Jersey, you know, to essentially go backpacking with a camera to really show you the the human cost of things that we consider really abstract like politics and and war and all of these Mm -hmm. things and that was one of the most important contributions that Anthony Bourdain had he gave a human face to things that we consider really abstract Um, another really poignant moment is when he he went to you know Palestine and just ate with people yeah you know no, uh, the thing about him that I really admired was that there was no 
bullshit. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't have an agenda. Yeah. He yeah. would just go and be like, hey, how's it going? Right. Let's have a good food together. Yeah. Let's have a bite together. Right. And that was it. He yeah. would take he would take it as it would come to him. It, it wasn't unlike like I don't know Anderson Cooper yeah, or yeah. whoever the fuck that nowadays are like are a news anchor right. or just want to go. Which is really not really even about the uh, for Anthony Bourdain it was about the story. Yeah. For ninety nine percent of the people I watch nowadays, it's about them. That's right. That's right. Like you see Anderson Cooper. Mm. I'm having these ideas. Yeah. And I am Anderson Cooper. Like, right. it, it, like the whole time he's talking, I'm only, the only thing my ears are hearing is like, I'm Anderson Cooper, I'm Anderson Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Anderson yeah, Cooper. Yeah. Megan, yeah. Megan Kelly, the yeah, yeah. chick who interviewed Putin. Yeah. Same thing. It's yeah. like, you spend seven hours on yeah. a makeup chair. Yeah. And now you're just, I can tell you're having a blast being on the TV. I can't, I can't trust the words coming out of your mouth because you're having your own agenda here. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain went to Congo, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> and ate, I think it was in the Congo, he ate the asshole of a pig. Of a as pork. you do. As, as you, you do. do. And then he <laughs> ate some pork. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never got the number. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he went all the way to Congo just to do I am, that. I am That's a terrible human himself. being. Yeah, he was in Paris. He yeah. was like, like, I missed that poor. I missed that poor. Uh, <laughs> have you ever eaten a Congo asshole? <laughs> this is just a totally very different. It's, it's very, a totally different world. It's a different world. You know, you know the pigs can be the size of an elephant. <laughs> Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, <laughs> it's a giving a giving. I'm tarnishing his legacy. <laughs> no, this this feels very on brand, honestly. Yeah, it's like my, my favorite moment from the show. I think it was no uh, no reservations. I think I can't quite remember. Was he went to? I think it was somewhere in Central Asia. And he went to a hammam, uh-huh. and he got just molested while they were rubbing the phone. <laughs> just, just, just massaged down and just yoga into some frankly pornographic oh, yeah. body positions. And the whole time, he's just describing the awful things he's going to do to his tour guide Amir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when I get out of here, I'm going to turn your head into a fucking kebab or something. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> Dying. He's he looks so relaxed. Yeah. And he's getting a really great massage by this dude who clearly looks like a Turkish bodybuilder. Yeah. (laughs) Just yeah. (laughs) You can hear his agony. Yeah. He's just like. And he was a great writer. Yeah. I think I've read all of all of his books. Yeah. I think except one. Yeah. Uh, he has a one that's being coming out now after yeah. his death, which is being edited. Right. Uh, but I think, um, don't take my word for this, but uh, he's really knew how to monologue it and how to not yeah. how to really write yeah. proper sentences that really meant a message, have yeah. a proper message to it. Even when it comes to as sim- something as simple as describing a food. Yeah. The way he would describe it, yeah. and then the taste of it, you go, oh, I know. Uh, okay. Yeah, I can't imagine this. I think what he really, loved it. Yeah, no. It, what's really interesting to me is 
how this this again a chef from New Jersey had the same kind of insight and poetry as someone like Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, and he loved Hunter S. Thompson. He loved Hunter S. Thompson. I think he modeled it himself after Hunter S. Thompson. Did you read Hunter? Have you read Hunter? I've read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't got to him yet. Yeah, yeah I've the my favorite thing about Hunter S. Thompson is that he's basically kind of a libertarian hippie that likes guns. Yeah. And cocaine. And then, you know, and then his idea of journalism is to essentially become an honorary member of the thing that you're supposed to be objective about. That's gonzo journalism. And it is the most insane thing you can do. And I don't know. I think a part of me just envies that, like living your life. By your own terms? Not just by your own terms, but also sort of embracing the chaos that life is and somehow surviving. Yeah. To be honest with you, I envy that too. Like I was talking to a dear friend of mine who was, I was like, I wish I had half of that sort of yeah. mentality. Yeah. Because like Hunter Thompson, for example, even Anthony Bourdain, I won't be able to tell that because he, I feel like he was still, he was a journeyman. He wasn't yeah. uh, Hunter Simpson was like a something is more like it's weird weird way to put it, but it's like Hunter Simpson was a place himself. Was yeah, the destination of you can be this. Yeah, had its own characteristics completely. Yeah, and there was no way he would change in any way because of it. Yeah, Anthony Bourdain was more like a wanderer traveling around. Yeah. while having some attitude from Hunter yeah. S. Thompson. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He would really go hard yeah. in a party and everything, yeah. which I do think it contributed with suicide. I do have my theory on his suicide. But, yeah. but like that idea to be like, I am going to be like 100% this fanatic of mm. drugs. I'm going to do drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, Have you read his day, Hunter Thompson's daily routine? Yeah, I have read his daily routine. I'm trying to understand how the hell he... He survived doing that every single day. Like, just eggs benedict and cocaine and 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 then shooting guns and then more cocaine. It's very weird. It's like, he lived the life of, of what I can only explain as like um, a drug cartel don. Uh, interspliced mm. with almost a an entry-level country club member, but also somebody who who is like a hippie with money. Yeah. Which is really weird, you know? Yeah, a hippie, yeah, a hippie with money. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. Like, uh, let me read the, let's read for the listeners, the yeah. Hunter S. Thompson's daily routine. 9 p.m. Start snorting cocaine seriously. <laughs> Before it was just casual. Now, now we're in the big leagues. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Where did it start? Is I'm pretty sure he fi- he asked the same question. Oh, oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I went to the wrong place. It doesn't start with the cocaine. <laughs> 3 p.m. rise. So yeah. his, his day start at 3 p.m. 3.5 p.m. Shiva's regal uh, with the morning papers plus dumb hills. There you go. 
345 yeah. cocaine, okay. Yeah, yeah, you need go. to wait 45 minutes after you've woken up to consume cocaine. Yeah, no, you uh, do it responsibly, Do kids. it responsibly, yeah. Have, have it in moderation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 350, another glass of Shiva's uh, plus downhill. 405, first cup of coffee, downhill. Uh, 414, cocaine, yeah. Uh, see, there's 30-minute intervals between yeah. each cocaine session. Yeah. Uh, 416, orange juice plus downhill. 430, cocaine. 455, uh, 54, cocaine. Yeah. 505, cocaine. Uh, 511, coffee, downhills. Like I like there's the orange juice in the middle. Yeah, you need to have a bit of orange juice. Yeah, right? just a little bit of vitamin C. <laughs> and then some vitamin C. <laughs> that's that's a, You need to have a moderation, like vitamin C for grown-ups and vitamin C, C for pussies. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a fucking pussy. Yeah. So you need to have a, you have a yin and yang, basically. Yeah, yeah. They're called yeah. the yin and yang of the sea war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're both growing trees. It's fine. It's organic. <laughs> 454 cocaine, 505 cocaine, 511 coffee and downhills. How many does he smoke? It was the 70s. They smoke nonstop. That's not the fucking excuse. (laughs) 5.30 p.m., more ice in the Shivas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hot. It's hot. 5.45 cocaine, etc., etc. I don't know what the extra is, but I think, I assume it's just more cocaine. Yeah. 6 p.m., grass to take the edge of the day. <laughs> oh, now you do the grass? Yeah. Hunter, now? Yeah, okay. you, you need a bit of weed to you know, yeah, ease, yeah. Off the, ease, off, ease off the cocaine. I just got to float, man. I just, I've been flying too high. I need to come down a little bit. Just, yeah. <laughs> one of the best, one of the, uh, Craig Ferguson, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Craig oh, Ferguson. yeah, I love Craig Yeah, Ferguson. I love Craig Ferguson. He said, yeah. uh, he said I start taking heroin to get, uh, to, uh, to get, <laughs> to get off cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Seven o five, Woody Creek uh, Tavern for lunch. Mm-hmm. Heineken, two margaritas, coleslaw, a taco salad, a double order of fried onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, bean uh, bean fritter, mm-hmm. downhill, another Heineken, cocaine for uh, uh, and for the ride home, a snow cone, a glass of shredded ice over which is poured three or four. Jiggers of Chivas. I don't know. What, Chivas is a liquor, I assume. It's a, it's a, it's a whiskey. It's a whiskey. It's a sweet whiskey. Yeah, it's a sweet whiskey. Oh, how many Chivas have you had so far? <laughs> so, nine p.m. Start snorting cocaine seriously. Right. This is a, this is written by Hunter S. Thompson. So when he means seriously, if he hasn't been serious so far, <laughs> he is being serious <laughs> now. <laughs> Holy shit! This is some Tony Montana level blow usage. Ten p.m. Drops acid. Eleven p.m. Uh, I don't remember it being so insane. Now he's doing acid. Yeah, and at at uh, ten p.m. he does acid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's makes sense, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just a little nightcap. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta dream somehow yeah. if you're not sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, 11 p.m. Chateau, cocaine, and grass. Uh, oh. Chartreuse? Uh, how do you write, read this? Chartreuse? Yeah, Chartreuse. I think it's like it's a, a drink. It's a liqueur. It's yeah. a liqueur, yeah. yeah. I think so. 11.30 p.m. Cocaine, etc., etc. 12 a.m. Midnight. Hunter S. Thompson is ready f- to write. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
12.05 to 6 a.m. Shatros, cocaine, grass, shivas, coffee, Heineken, club cigarettes, grapefruit, Dunhill, orange juice, gin, continuous pornographic movies. As, as you do. <laughs> you need to keep the blood flowing. You do the cocaine for the, for the blood to go up. Yeah, yeah. So then you watch porn to bring the blood down. down. Yeah. yeah. Just even it out. Yeah, even it out. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, it's good to unclog the artery yeah. somehow. Get your cardio in. <laughs> he was known for having a very strong right hand. Yeah. yeah. 6 a.m. Yeah. A hot tub, a hot tub, champagne, Dove bars, fettuccine Alfredo. Oh. Uh, 8 a.m. Halcon, Hal- What the fuck is that? What is it? Uh, Halcyon. Halcyon. I have no clue what that is. Halcyon. Sounds like 20 a.m. Sleep. I think it's a sleeping pill. Halcyon. Yeah, Halcyon. Yeah, sounds like a sleeping pill. Yeah. Yeah, then he sleeps for... Because he wakes up at 3, 3 p.m. Yeah. So, yeah, I assume he needs... He needs that's, something. That's enough sleep. That's enough sleep. Well, all of that cultivated to him deciding to end it. <laughs> the funny thing is, this makes me feel better about myself. Because if you're a, if you're a copy editor for a newspaper, this is what your sleeping patterns look like anyway. Like, you will, you will go to sleep when the birds start chirping outside... And then you will wake up just early enough to get ready and go to work at 4 p.m. Crap. Yeah, no, it's not great for your health. But um, it's not as if you can sleep by the time you get back. Because I, I don't know about the rest of my workmates, but I am just mainlining coffee. Like, my life depends on it throughout the work. Because yeah. I, I desperately want to stay sharp throughout the work. Because any slightest mistake yeah. and somebody upstairs with a paycheck that would make mine look like a donation will throw the weirdest hissy fit. Correct. Yeah. Like I got told off by my boss because my boss got told off by his boss. And I'm pretty sure that boss got told off by somebody at the board that I removed an apostrophe. Seriously? Yeah, I removed an apostrophe, and that pissed a boss off. I wonder how much cocaine was here. I don't... <laughs> not enough! <laughs> an apostrophe! <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> Start throwing an old typewriter through it. How the fuck do you even have that thing? We all use computers now. Yeah, no, it's... it's I relate to the to the lifestyle, because... And I don't know about you, but this is this is just a thing creative types do. Yeah. Yeah, like your sleeping patterns are garbage. Oh yeah. Because you can't sleep at night, your thoughts are racing. Now you're now you're doing a stimulant all day long just to keep yourself up. And your your eating habits are just atrocious. And you work in at hours where other people are just in REM sleep. Yeah. I there's something about especially the nighttime like um, I know personally any good idea I have is either comes like at night mm. when there's the city is asleep and yeah if I'm awake yeah. I can think a lot better though I will feel like shit physically so I desperately oh, yeah. look for sleep yeah but during the day I know I my brain does not have that zinger to it yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, it sucks really but mm. I have to but I've, I've kind of managed to make it work somehow mm. bring it back yeah 
um, to by having a much more trying to not mm. not having but trying to have a better schedule. Right. And uh, but I know like from four after I can actually four uh, four p.m. after is when mm. the clock started to move a little bit and I yeah. can actually start yeah. to get start kicking basically. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the reason why all comedy is done at really late hours. Because it's the only time the average comedian will be awake. And it's not just because people are getting off of work. Like, in other parts of the world, the comedy goes on until midnight. Yeah. You know, after after midnight, until 2 a.m. And I think that's just the time where creative people do their best work. It's really yeah. weird, actually. Yeah. Um, Last night, I couldn't sleep at all. I'm just having a staring contest with the ceiling, basically. Why? Because my sleeping patterns are completely screwed up. I was doing a ton of coffee from 4 p.m. until midnight. Shit. Yeah, so... You, you were at work, right? I was working from home. Ah. But I had gotten reprimanded for the mistake an hour before work, so I'm already anxious. This was a recent... This was yesterday. Oh, the apostrophe. Yeah, the apostrophe. The apostrophe catastrophe. And um, and already I'm just like wired as shit. And, I'm, and I just don't want to make mistakes because I'm terrified that people think I suck and say so behind my back. So now I'm doing copious amounts of caffeine. And not eating until midnight. Shit. Because I'm doing... I'm working. I'm working until like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And, and it's only when I finally go to bed around 2 a.m. I'm finally rested that I can think. But then I don't sleep because now my brain wants to do all of the creative thinking it didn't get to do while I was working. Crap. So now it's hungering for stimulation and it's hungering for, for like playing with the thoughts I've had all day. And one of the interesting things that I thought up while I was awake was just this thing of where I was just thinking about my childhood and, you know, how it's turned up to this point. Right. Yeah, and I thought it was really weird. And we're talking about adventurers, right? Hunter S. Thompson, Anthony Bourdain. We talk about the the cultures of Central Asia. You know, um, we talk about Kazakhs. We talk about Dagestani's and whatnot. Yeah, right? we're going around. We're going. We're going full circle. And I was thinking about how it seems really cruel and unfair that education in general nowadays. Will have you will have you sit in a room for hours on end, yeah. right? To learn about the world doesn't matter if it's science or geography or history. They make you learn about the world, but they keep you in a room and don't let you out into it. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. think that's very weird. That's very paradoxical. Like they want you to learn about the world, but they won't let you have any part of it. And I think that's just really sad. And then you go throughout life doing the exact same thing until you're a young adult. And by the time you're a young adult, you only have a brief fleeting amounts of time to, try, to actually apply the things that you've learned about the world when you were just stuck in these tiny rooms staring at books. And there's something very sad about that. 
I, I'm I'm getting more more sad as you the way you phrase it. Like mm. it's true. It's one hundred percent true. Because especially like twenty twenty brought this up, and now we're like talking about Anthony Bourdain and mm. uh, Hunter S. Thompson, and mm-hmm. like, and they all like committed suicide. They all, oh yeah, yeah. They all killed themselves. Um, yeah. Like any most admi- most admirable people who I who I admire personally is. Mm. And I don't remember. I think only like a bunch of them, like only like two or three of them, died by natural causes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like Henry Miller, I I love Henry Miller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know Henry Miller? Mm, <coughs> do you? What's the writer, Tropic of, Tropic of Cancer. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that book. I love Tropic. Like Tropic of Tropic of Cancer is gonna forever will be one of the most influential books in my life because it kind of it, it gave me a bit of a peace mm. a, a sense of peace and the mm. thirst for adventure but yeah. um, there was a difference between him a massive difference between like Miller and mm. Hunter S. Thompson and that was that Hunter S. Thompson was um, was on speed basically oh. as if testament to what yeah. we just read of him right. but like he was on this testosterone cocaine aggressive explosion of anger towards the world right and he went forward while Henry Miller was kind of like Anthony Bourdain with a hell of a lot more mischievousness to himself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at an era where the world had just opened up yeah Uh, not just like in his book Tropic of Cancer the I recently finished this book. Uh, it was called Paris 1918-1928. I'm mixing up the name. That's not right. Yeah. It was a very beautiful book because he was talking about his journey through Paris when he right. just landed in Paris. And when I say he's like a wanderer in a sense, like he has such a joy for the misery mm. and the riches. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the time that he was his apartment was empty. He was broke. He couldn't mm-hmm. have f- find food in Paris, but he loved Paris so much. It's mm-hmm. like he he said, "I wish I was a Parisian, like a, a like a, a Parisian, a Parisian, yeah. Parisian." And he said, "I found a piece of molded cheese and a hard bread in the trash, mm-hmm. and I had such a joy just eating that." Mm. But he wasn't talking sarcastically about it. He was yeah. actually, in his interview, he was talking about like, it was such a joy eating that. And mm. I was like, how would you do that? Right. How would you be? But like the thing about him was that he had this insane thirst of it that he went around and he experienced the world. Right. They didn't give a shit about half the thing that people talk about nowadays. Like if if he, would, if he was alive nowadays, it would be like, the fuck are you guys on about? Yeah, no, it's very weird. Like now, when people travel, you know, they put it on Instagram and you know on on Facebook, and it becomes a bit of a flex. Mm-hmm. Like doing doing the the holiday, doing uh, doing the scuba trip, you know, doing the you know, standard the, yeah. checkpoints that has already right. been placed for you. It's a. It feels like a status symbol. It is. Right? It is a status symbol. It and has become a luxury to have that. Yeah. Is one of the best parts I was, I was talking about in the book and started to cut you off on that. And I was like no, talking no, about the time that he he said I didn't find Notre Dame that enticing when I saw it. Yeah. Uh, because I think too many eyes looked at it. Right. 
Then he mentions a chapel who I didn't even heard of before. Mm-hmm. In a very in a in a cul-de-sac street yeah. in Paris, is like at the corner. Yeah, and I was like, I found that it was a small. There was just like a small chapel there. It was much more beautiful than Notre Dame. Yeah, but he, but that also gives a sense of like, I went and I explored, mm. while you guys are all talking about this thing that's seen the whole time. Right. If you open yourself to an experience right. and just seek it for yourself, you might find something a hell of a lot mm. more interesting. Mm. And like nowadays I'm here, like part of a part of depression that I felt is like, like how many years do you spend studying on average an individual? How many years do they, until they get the degree, how many years roughly do somebody studies? Well, it's 11 to 12 years in school and then about four years in university, uh, and then maybe matriculation in between. So yeah. Oh my goodness! It's it's like um, it's like seventeen years. Seventeen years of your most important years of your life. Yeah, you're cooked up to right follow a system that you didn't yeah. even ask for, really. Yeah, to be prepared to go from one room basically to another and yeah. do the same thing but yeah. instead of like r- learning now you have to like take make what you've learned a yeah. trade and yeah. actually earn yeah. living on the above it in the best years of your life with all of the strength and energy and ability to heal you know and all of the alertness and all of the openness and all of the mental stimulation that your brain craves and all of it is just in dedication to a to a system of profit. It feels very weird and wrong and unfair. And I know people have mentioned this countless times already. Yeah. Right? But when you really think about it, it it seems like a weird cruelty that we are manufactured with a great machine. You know that is that is uh, the economy and the society, and it and it's become very apparent now in twenty twenty when you cannot go anywhere and you have to do nothing but work, right? Because that's what's happened recently. Now they want to, now they're telling people, okay, you got, you work from home because going to work is unsafe and everybody would prefer that, you know? And there was this huge hesitation to have proper measures at all because they were afraid the the economy would collapse. You know, but that would end up killing people. But you can't have the economy collapse even if people are dying. You know, that's that's the value of human life, right? In the in the face of a dying economy, a single human life is worth nothing. Nothing at all, really. Right. This, um, this as you mentioned, like you have to serve this machine that you. As I said, you didn't even ask for it. You didn't even ask for it, yeah. And 17 17 years. Like, I wanted to do a study on when did the new modern... What we're doing now, basically, and, like, what our children would be, most probably. Our children is going to have it even worse than us, most probably. Yeah. Uh, The new education system, basically. Mm. That you have to spend... Like, I remember... And what do you what 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 I used to what my school had was like okay you learn your language which is like you have the language class 
Yeah. Then you had the mathematics. Then you had uh, the essay writings. Yeah. Then um, chemistry, biology, physics, and physics and Arabic. Yeah. Some schools, uh, yeah. not some schools, like some countries have that additional sure, language. Sure. Of Even here. Even yeah. here. Yeah, Malaysia. You you guys also have Arabic. It's a difficult language. Yeah. Arabics. What else was there? Uh, chemistry, chemistry, biology, uh, physics. Then there's obviously geography and history. Geography and history, and it's like you have to, and you have to cram all that amount of information. Yeah, into your head from your from a ten o'clock in the morning, which is like a it basically looks like a full time job, but yeah. you're paying for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and you have to cram all that information into your head. Yeah. And you're fucked. Yeah. Here it's Looking back at it, I'm like, what, which part of that am I using now? And it's not just using it. You see, that's the problem. A problem I have it is that none of it really... Pre- one thing the schools need to prepare you for is not work. It's to live properly. Yeah. And to think properly and to be yeah. able to articulate, like, articulate the thought. Yeah. They've done none of that. Yeah, we've had to essentially teach ourselves yeah. to think. You know, and application is wanting. And I know there's a lot to learn and there's no time to apply things. And it's even worse if you live in like a a Southeast Asian country with strong influences from East Asia, because now it's a cram school mentality. You have to get your straight A's. After school, there are tuition classes, right? Yeah. So now you're having extra classes so that you get your A's, whether that'll work or not. You are terrorized into learning things, which is why, to this day, mathematics gives me anxiety. Me too. Yeah, right? Because it's not that I don't like math. My favorite show on TV was Numbers, for crying out loud. (laughs) But, you know, I remember getting yelled at for getting my multiplication tables wrong. I remember getting yelled at for not knowing how to do basic algebra. Me too. So it's like, I can't do the thing because it makes me scared now. And... I, it, it feels really sad because I could have used these skills in the real world, but I never got to go out into the real world and use these skills. Like, if I learned geography, I would have liked to go outside. If I, you know, learned chemistry and physics and biology and math, I would have liked to build something, but I never got to because there was never any time because there was too much time dedicated to just getting the grades. And then they make you do the co-curricular activities, which you don't want to do, but if you don't do, you get punished and penalized. So you join the scouts or the cadets, and then you join a club. And the one thing that I enjoyed was, you know, music and drama society, because they gave you the license to just cut classes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And now you're, like, stuck. Like, 2020 made it real... Everybody realized their inadequacies in life. Mm, yeah, the parts that you're you've screwed up. Mm. Yeah, you, you didn't even screw up. You had you didn't have a chance to yeah. work on it. Yeah, like what the like twenty twenty made me question my into every choice I had in my life. Right, and I wish like it the schooling system prepared you for. Schooling should prepare you for the worst case and the best case scenario. That's that's true, I think. But it doesn't. You're sitting with a teacher who's not even enjoying his job. Yeah. He's just giving you the formula, the physics, whatever the fuck. Yeah. 
formula and you're following it. Yeah. And to get a grade so you can be, so, so you can basically be uh, eligible to get a piece of paper. Yeah. To, that is going to allow you to get a job after that. Right. Supposedly, which is now even less and less right. important. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck is that? Like, tw- this year, the whole time, I'm like, hey, man, like, I had to grow. I was angry the first six months. Right. I was visibly angry. I was cursing at everything. Right. Like, the fuck? Yeah. Are my- like, why is my life dependent on yeah their decisions? Yeah. Which is make bring which makes the idea of living like Henley to bring it back to Hunter S. Thompson, Henry Miller, all these people, like, yeah. Uh, Hemingway even like for example yes very good example yeah it's like no you live it the way you fucking want it mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what I want and if it works it works yeah and if it doesn't well you can go fuck yourself I'm still gonna do it right yeah it can be really frustrating because when you have to get cooped up inside because going outside might kill you yeah you're suddenly left alone with your own thoughts and your thoughts are predominantly about the consequences of you know, the life decisions that are sometimes made for you. And that can be very, very difficult to deal with. And all you want is to go back in time and make sure that you had enough things in your life that by the time you finally have to sequester yourself inside, you don't have any regrets. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a soft core version of dying. Yeah. Like, you don't want to lie down in your deathbed and go, you know, if only. That is the worst thing you could... That is that is the saddest thing you could say on your deathbed. Yeah. If only. Yeah, that's that's my fear. Yeah. That's my fear. And my fear... Is, I, I, don't, I'm gonna, I don't think I've, I'm afraid of dying. Yeah. I'm afraid of not living. Oh, yeah. That, that's that is a, definitely true. You know, like, Dylan Moran had this joke. And yeah. He said, like, you know, people who are not really doing anything with their lives yeah and, like they're not enjoying it or anything it's like, and it's like when death comes he can't kill you because you're not properly alive yeah. now <laughs> you're not yeah. doing, you're not living your i butchered the joke but it's like you're not he's like you're not living your life because you're afraid of dying yeah because then because death can't kill you if you're yeah. not even properly alive that's anybody who had a good life yeah they're they, they die, yeah. but they die quite... Like, you go like, okay, he's, he lived it. He yeah. lived it. Yeah. Right? It's like you want to live a... I'm not saying short. Yeah. It, have to, it doesn't have to be short, but it's like... You want to live a short but a good, li- good yeah. life or a nine years of misery? It's not even misery. It's just numbness. It's like... And the older you get, the more it comes to you. Like, when you reach that last 10, 20 years of your life, yeah. you know that death is like... It's like when you reach your eighties, yeah. death is quite near, right? Right next yeah. to you. It's like you have to suffer the remaining days thinking, "What if?" It's not yeah. gonna happen once. Yeah, you're gonna have to suffer that idea of like looking back at the eighty years that you had in your life. And right? Like, Fuck! I wish I'd done differently. I look at my parents, right? And there's there's pros and cons to how they live their life. Yeah. My dad was too poor to go to architecture school. So yeah. he never got to be an architect. You know, but he still has the skills. He still designed my auntie's house and stuff. He never got to be an architect. You can see he lives his life with these little projects 
because he still wanted to create shit. Like, he made a chicken egg incubator out of a toaster oven and a light bulb. Wow. And okay. next thing you know, we had like 25 chickens in the backyard. It was wild. And he made his own sailboat stuff because he never got the opportunity to create. And my mom, she wanted to be an interior deco- decorator, interior designer. And she got the diploma in the 60s. But her mother wouldn't let her. And I see that in the house that we live in, that she fills it with all of this aesthetically pleasing stuff to our detriment. Because if you have to live in a house that is more showroom than home, it is pain to deal with. But I feel like she's trying to live out the dream she never had. And that can be, that's kind of sad, you know, that my parents never got to have the lives that they wanted, even though they did well for themselves. But on the other hand, they also lived all of this amazing stuff that I think our generation can't get into anymore. Like my my dad um, went to went uh, went to a uni in Canada yeah. uh, in the nineteen eighties, Bethune College. All of his friends were like communists in the nineteen eighties in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his friends was. Probably a KGB agent, he suspected, <laughs> because none of his stories like made sense. His backstory didn't make any sense, and one day he just disappeared. Um, he hung out with um, with this guy who was like a huge, and notable dude in the Black Panthers, called Stokely Carmichael, and he would listen to all of his talks in Bethune University. Um, Black Panthers or the Black Panthers? I've heard it before, but who was it? The Black Panthers, if you don't know, was this paramilitary and charitable organization started out by black people in uh, in urban areas in in America, particularly in places like California and whatnot. Uh, and they were they would openly carry firearms and they would dress in uniforms. And they would go out and patrol neighborhoods in order to protect black people from racist attacks. But one of the more notable things that they did was they started a program to feed poor children. Right. So these meal programs was what they started in order to make sure that black kids weren't suffering from malnutrition in urban areas. The modern meal programs for impoverished kids in America... Is based off that. Is it is based off that? Crap. Okay. Yeah. You and know. they got dismantled. Then they got dismantled by the FBI. Oh, of course they did. It's a yeah. J. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. Wasn't he a lovely guy? Yeah. <laughs> J. Uh, people joke his real name was J. Edna Hoover because he was actually a crossdresser. Yeah, he liked crossdress. It's really weird. Like you're such a you're such a hawk, and then in your private life. You, you like to dress like a chicken. You, yeah, you're you're weirdly degenerate. It's so. It's I would so assume he was also homosexual to a degree. Nah, I, I think maybe. Was, I think he just liked to get off the idea that he was just doing something very wrong. You know, it's yeah. so weird. But my my dad knew one of the one of the major members of the Black Panther movement after he had after he had. Um, left after the Black Panthers had been dismantled after he moved on. And, um, you know, and my mom, she she did research in, like, Aboriginal villages and, you know, did welfare work and 
you know, collected all of this, all of this treasure trove of knowledge about uh, indigenous people. And this one specific tribe off the coast of Sango called the Mameri people. To this day, if you're an anthropologist somewhere else in the world and you want to study that area of Malaysia, my mom is the authority on that. Her books are what you study in Wow. Yeah. All those carvings, if you see, if you go upstairs in my house and you see a bunch of wooden carvings, those are from the tribe she was adopted into. Crap, okay, that would be cool. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she stores up all of their stories and all of their folklore, which they won't tell anybody else because they don't trust people. Because I found out much later on that the reason why they don't trust outsiders, particularly Malay people, was because they used to be captured for slavery. Wow. Yeah. People don't know about that. Yeah. Used to have slaves in this country. And they would... They were sometimes uh, uh, Aboriginal people. Damn it! Yeah, yeah, uncomfortable, huh? Yeah. Not uncomfortable, uh, but I'm surprised to hear. I did not. Well, I knew s- slavery is not a new concept. No. Really, everybody had that in their countries. Sure. Every nation had it. Yeah. But like, for some reason, I didn't thought of Malaysia to be having that. that yeah it is very because it's, it's very segregated around yeah yeah and I, it, I i studied malaysian history just part of university but yeah it didn't never seem like a unique a, a unit mm. uh country like uh, under one formation yeah it was always scattered like okay this guy was over here and yeah, yeah, yeah there were inter uh tribe wars yeah and they said like they were slaving them. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There was enough. There was enough authority and power that people could get enslaved. It yeah. wasn't widespread, but it did happen. That's like, that's slavery is what's it called? You know, get things done. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we we go back to Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like every civilization has been built on the backs of slaves. It is. Yeah. Any remarkable achievement, slaves. Yeah. It's yeah. like why did Russia have why did Russia created the vaccines the gulags? <laughs> it's like it immediately went to the, it yeah. didn't even stop it didn't even start it with the mice. Right. It's like go to gulags. Human subjects were immediately tested on. It's very what's weird about Russia is that they had slaves and yet they weren't hostile towards black people. They weren't. No, they weren't. it's very weird. Like. They didn't have a culture of like race-based slavery. I I think you can I, I I think you can find that there, but there's an issue with Russia. Yeah, Russia is not Russia. I suppose if you go more towards like northern areas of Russia, or yeah. northern or northeast areas of Russia, yeah. you might find real pure Russian. Yeah. As a, as if, like, they're native to the land. Right. Like, truly native, born in that area. Right. But Russia is... I, Putin said, said it, which made it kind of sense to me. It yeah. was like... They were asking him regarding the Muslims and the Jews yeah. and other races in Russia. Right. And he said, in Russia, regardless of what you are, yeah. you're first Russian, then you're anything else. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And if you look at Russia and the map of Russia, um, prior to communism and Lenin and everything, yeah. and like like northern... Uh, the Caspian Sea was pretty much like Iranians. Yeah, it yeah. Was, was part of Persia. Yeah. 
it got the Caspian like a, um, a considerable chunk of Iran was gone in the past four hundred years only. Yeah, like five hundred years. Yeah, really, when the Qajar dynasty came around. Mm-hmm. Russia is a ultimate real culmination. They mm-hmm. say of multiple races. Yeah, mingling there. That's why yeah. you. That's why it's like you see uh, a Kazakh who says, I'm from Kazakhstan. Yeah. But they say, I'm Russian. Right, At right. the same time, they also say, I'm Russian. But the right. thing is, uh, they still identify with the idea of being Russian. They do not say, I'm Chinese. Like, a Kazakh never says, I'm Chinese Russian. Right, right. They say, I am Russian. Ram- yeah. I am Kazakh. Right. That's the, that's the difference. In America, you're always native, you're always African-American. Yeah, yeah. Or, you're, or you would be Irish-American. Right, But right. you're not American. Right. Is it? There are Americans who think they're American, but sure. the thing is, in Russia, you are Russian. Right. Of course, there, there's minorities who are... I haven't heard of suppression there as much. I know there Any are some... Suppression? Suppression, um, like you mentioned, like Dagestanis being... Uh, they're uh, an ethnic minority. But the thing is, still, it's not something that you would hear it... Yeah. As often as like you don't you don't hear a police officer shoot a Dagestani in the back of the head in uh, that is true. M- Moscow. You, you got you got that point there. What I found really interesting about Russia, um well not Russia per se, but the Russian language is this. In any other language, you will have regional accents, right? English, the accent, they're like... A thousand different accents. thousand different accents. Australian English, yeah. New Zealand English. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Hey, man, you want to you wanna start a revolution? You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> take the <away>, white <laughs> oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> cool. Boring or that, yeah. You can easy, immediately tell where the person is from just by listening to the accent. Mm. You know? Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do. Just come up, you know, just Im- imitate different accents. <laughs> yeah. You know, the southern accents. Yeah. You know, like, just very. Oh, come on, blue. Yes. You got a pretty mouth, eh? <laughs> that's like that's like deep south. But if you're a Texan, it's just it's just like a slow draw. Wow. Everybody's really sleepy. Very. Because there's just so much sugar in the food. You know where you come from. Well, like, everything has barbecue sauce. Everybody has barbecue. <laughs> I just made some barbecue sauce just a minute ago. I yeah, feel, <laughs> I feel so. I should. I feel so relaxed. It's just a very slow. Nah, you know, I, everybody in Texas is Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> Just he's he's talked really slow with a draw. Oh, I like to listen right, to him. Right. He actually did an yeah. app like a, a sleeping a, a, yeah. A app. Yeah, <laughs> there is a sleeping app called. I don't fuck. It's called Relax or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a paid. It's one of these paid apps. Yeah, yeah. And he and and he himself is one of the people who does a narration right. for it. Right. And he he tell you put that up and he tells you a story. Yeah. I know. Let me tell you a story. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Matthew yeah. Yum Yum. <laughs> and it's I'm telling my girlfriend I'm gay for Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, right. but it's, it's the accent is associated with class as well right so if you've got a British accent people assume you're just you know you're fancy 
Right. Yeah. Unless, of course, you sound like Carl Urban from The Boys, then it's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking diabolical. Fucking diabolical. You know, it's very, <laughs> it's a, uh, then that implies something else, right? The accents imply a bunch of different things. But in Russian, yeah, there is no re- regional accent. Not really. Yeah, you don't hear it. And it's just there's there's no regional accent. Everybody more or less speaks the same. And in any other country, everybody more or less sounds the same. same. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It's it's very very odd. And even in countries where they speak Russian, that are close to Russia, places like Kazakhstan, you know, the urban centers uh, centers of Mongolia, for instance. Oh yeah. Uh, there is no you don't have a Kazakh accent I guess I don't think you have a Mongolian accent to your Russian no like I, the Kazakhs in the university when they were talking I couldn't I couldn't distinguish it from a Russian I hear in a movie yeah that's right and I'm not talking about like the stereotypical yeah. Russian but them yeah. in general they're like yeah they all sound the same they all sound the same like the fun part of it is uh, there's a talk about the when they dub a movie yeah. from uh, American to Russian, yeah. or when you dub a movie from American to like same uh, Japanese, yeah. I can't distinguish the voices really. Yeah, like, I can't tell who's a male and a female. But right. if you listen to the dub either in Russia or yeah. in Japanese, yeah. they both sound the same person. Ah. Like, like the Japanese dub is like. <laughs> or a little bit softer than that but yeah. I can't tell if there are two different person doing yeah. the same or just one person just for one every person. actor so okay so there are regional accents in Japan but they're very very obscure um, and there are there is certain like implications to it right so Tokyo is like the standard Japanese accent supposedly then you go up north and that's like the country bumpkin accent but no yeah. You know, Zuzuban, they call it. It's like, no, when you go from the north to the, to, to the south to Tokyo, they hide it because they don't want to sound like a, like a hick. Yeah. Right? There's that little thing. Uh, the Osaka accents just sounds like you're really busy and you're constantly on hustle trying to make money. They're like the New Yorkers of, of, <laughs> of Japan. Um, <laughs> I'm the New Yorker of Japan. Yeah, yeah. You, like uh, I don't know if you know Kinjo from the comedy scene. Oh, the the guy, the Japanese, yeah, the Japanese. Like, he's yeah, just yeah. like really high energy all the time, and he's constantly bouncing off the yeah, walls. Yeah, yeah. He's from uh, Osaka. He's a Kansai Ben. He's hundred percent Japanese. Oh yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. An act. No, 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 no. <laughs> that is, that he's very yeah. Japanese. You know, he's like a he's it's like this Japanese style comedy which is like in a duo and one says one is like an idiot and another one is the common sense dude and the common sense is constantly whacking the idiot with a fan that's that's like the Japanese style of doom is very similar to the Abbott and Costello thing mm. he comes from the region where that originated from Osaka yeah. Uh, and they're like they're known for like the business savvy and high energy yeah. uh, you know personalities and then you got like a like a Yokohama accent which I'm told makes you sound like a gangster <laughs> it's very weird it's like it's, it's extra it's just it's just extra it's extra Yakuza I guess I don't yeah. know but even in Japan you have these little little nuances but in Russia not so much and I think it really helped with the um, with uh, the unification and all because if you ever read a Russian novel 
no one ever mentions that oh this person is a, a villager because of how they talk or this one is a noble because of how they talk yeah you can't tell right if you ever read uh, Anna Karenina there's never yeah. a mention of like this person speaks this way this person speaks everybody more or less speaks the same and that's I think that really helped with like the unification of of the identity and that's probably the reason why um they they didn't have this weird attitude towards black people when they started coming in like i can't remember which zad was but he got a slave from the from west europe i think it was alexander the second i'm not sure or was it the peter the great was it peter the great it was after peter the great oh it's fairly modern he got a slave then he freed the slave then the slave got a job in the government then became a higher ranking official you don't hear that in America. No, yeah, especially when you say czar, it's not that far. Like in America, was still in the early yeah, years of formation. He adopted the boy. That's yeah. the thing. He adopted this this black child who was supposed to be his eternal servant. And yeah, and then you and then you have people like Alexander Pushkin, who's like one eighth black. Oh yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, yeah. You you like that? You, you think it's a Jew from? No, it's it's an, it's an Afro. It's a nice, it's definitely, <laughs> that hair is definitely, you know, so... Yeah, there is this very weird way of looking at race, at yeah. least in Russia. Yeah. The, I'm sure if we look into that, like right now we might sound pretty ignorant to whoever is listening, but yeah. it's like if you look into it, we might find real yeah. cases of assholeness yeah. like, and like just mistreatment of other races. Yeah. But at least on the outside to the to an outsider yeah. and to the available media it's not very present that some minorities we're not talking about the gays and stuff like that we're, oh, talking, no, we're just talking about the, in, there, there are no gays in Russia no 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 gays no gays no gays no gays no no gays no gays no it's very interesting. Like, they're not like when they're talking about, about like it. when there's like Stalin came about, yeah, and he killed God knows how many Russians himself, yeah, like twenty million of them Russians, yeah. that, uh, I assume, just by he had this grand projects of mm. modernization in Russia and yeah, which was basically being run by slaves. There wasn't. You don't see a case they say they took these ethnicity, this particular ethnicity, and made them a slave. They no. said. It's Russian people being, yeah. In, you're black, you're white, doesn't yeah. matter. You're going into the gulag. He's going to the gulag. Stalin is an interesting thing because he's technically a Georgian. Yeah, he's Georgian. Yeah, he's a Georgian. He's a hundred percent Georgian. Yeah, like but that was a fun, funny thing that the people that took people by surprise because when he became president, yeah, no, I don't know if the name was president, the leader. Uh, General Secretary of the of the Communist Party, Communist Party, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, nobody heard of him. Yeah, nobody heard his voice. Yeah, until the until Germany attacked. Yeah, nobody. The people, I mean, did not yeah, hear yeah. his voice entirely. Yeah, uh, and the the Germany attacked, and they were saying 
and the Rus- and apparently Stalin was getting ready to be taken right. by, uh, because he was like, all right, Germans attack, I'm yeah. pretty much going to be overthrown now. Yeah, yeah. And he was ready to be thrown out of the office and be killed. Like right. He was already in the office apparently waiting to die. Yeah. Uh, and when the generals came and we, they said, we're waiting for your order. Right. And then he recorded his first radio... Uh, announcement? announcement, not yeah. even a radio. Call it the uh, the what do you call these? Am- the speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gave a small speech in the speakers to say we're gonna be ready to attack. Uh, like we have to defend the nation right. and stuff like that. And people were all taken aback. Like that's the leader. Yeah, he's speaking with this thick Georgian accent yeah. <laughs> and with a very unimpressive voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I thought and a gonna... very disinterested tone. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was going to sound like you know Pavarotti with a with a bowl of borscht, but it turns, yeah. out, <laughs> turns out. Have you had borscht? That shit is delicious. Borscht is delicious. Is... Okay, so first time I had borscht. Okay. Nice thing about having academic parents is that they have friends who are very interested. So I, my dad's friend was this Russian, was this Russian man. Mm. And his name was Boris. I don't know his last name, but his name was <laughs> Boris. Now, Boris was really interesting because he was, uh, I think, an anthropolo- anthropologist historian. Uh-huh. And he was arrested in Russia for wanting to go cross-country bicycling in winter. So they put him in the prison yeah. because they thought he was insane. Yeah, no, they thought... Who, who the fuck cycles cross-country in winter? Also, where is your papers? They put him in prison, right? Then he... And then the communist... Um, the, the Iron Curtain fell. And then the, 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 the Berlin Wall collapsed. It was perestroika, right? Yeah. And then he left. Then he went to Malaysia. And it turns out uh, Boris was a, uh, an expert in the Malay language. All right. So he was trained in classical Malay, and his son spoke better Malay than I did. All right. This blonde, blue-eyed boy just demolishing all of the natives in in classical Malay. It was really great, and you know, it was it was really great to have him around because it was like he's really warm and friendly, and you learn a lot of stuff about him. And uh, went to dinner one day. And his wife made borscht. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know what to think of this. Because it's like, it's red enough for me to dye my shirt with. Yeah. There's there's sour cream in it. And I can't stop eating. It's so tasty. That's the red version, right? Yeah. Then there's the white stuff, which is made with like cabbages and whatnot. Every house is a different recipe. But the white version of the borscht has an interesting story. I found it in this little stall in this canteen in my university. This is right. in this Islamic university. And the reason why uh, I had the reason why this uh, this stall had borscht is because it was run by an a mother daughter couple who I believe were Uyghurs. Were what? Uyghurs. Uyghurs? Yes. What's Uyghurs? Uyghurs, you know, the Muslim minorities that that are that in China. Oh, 
Eagers. Eagers, yes. I, uh, yeah, because I, I, just translating it to the Farsi language uh, is Igur. 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 Yeah, Igur. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Igur. Yeah, Eagers, yeah, okay. Eagers. So, uh, you know, so they, they had experience with Russian food. All right. So the two ladies in headscarves look very Chinese cooking yeah. Russian food. It was the weirdest, like, ethnic combination I've ever experienced. It was... Was it good? <laughs> I liked it. It was sour, sour cabbage soup. Everything else was just like nasi lemak and fried noodles. Like, yeah. I, it was going to kill me, honestly. Yeah. So it's having something yeah. that light was really, really great. Yeah. I love borscht. My yeah. mom makes borscht as well. Like in Iran, borscht is also quite uh, common to eat. Really? Well, yeah, we, uh, we used to be... Um, like Iran and Russia was right before the Iron Curtain fall mm-hmm. and then uh, Russia get dismantled. Mm-hmm. Half of Caspian, like it was... Uh, Armenia, Azerbaijan, all that was, was all like Russia, oh, for example. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, like we were, we were constantly in battle. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were like yeah. uh, Caspian Sea, which yeah. is now we're not. I don't know how much portion of it is left for us. Yeah, we were fifty-fifty with Russia. I see. Yeah, and yeah. it was all this whole. Um, so there was a lot of ex- cultural exchange mm. between us and the Russians, like mm. a lot of the. Iranian, um, old, like old timer Iranians, mm. not the like not in the past forty years, but would the the wealthy ones mm. would have sent their sons and daughters to study in Saint Petersburg? Really? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of the great minds that uh, have significant impact in the culture of Iran actually like went to Russia and studied there. That's really interesting. Yeah, there 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 was a considerable amount of cultural exchange aside from bullets and death. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's everybody who was in America, right? Yeah, that's so there was a considerable amount of that with, with Russia. Mm, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. find a lot of like, Iranian, old Iranian paintings in Russia just mm. because it's like back in yeah. the constant back and forth that we had. Mm-hmm. It's, fun. it's funny you mention old Iranian paintings because... 16 when I was 16 this was during this was during uh, President Katami's time yeah Katami yeah yeah I was, it was two, year 2000 before the shit hit the fan like yeah. just a year before the, <laughs> the shit good hit. old days the good old days when people were just you know a little bit more civil a little bit more civil like there was the, an attempt by uh, an NGO in Iran for like uh, inter-civilizational dialogue they called it so they oh were, yeah yeah the great speech yeah 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 inter-civilization yeah yeah, the, yeah. The, the spe- speaking the conversation between civilizations yeah like, yeah, yeah the great speech that he gave in the UN yeah 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 so yeah. in in light of that a bunch of academics were invited to Tehran my mom was one of them mm. and my mom needed a chaperone Hmm. So I was that chaperone. So I in year two thousand, I actually got to go to Tehran. Wow! And it was one of my, f- it's one of my favorite places to have gone to, hmm. because it was like if you, in if you, it was winter for one thing, and I, I'm a chubby boy. I really like cold weather because otherwise I just sweat like a pig before Chinese <laughs> New Year. Okay. <laughs> just give me the cold and I will be fine give me the snow Come just on. give me the snow you know <laughs> just put me in the Atlas Mountains and just leave me I'll be fine 
When you come back, it'll turn into a hot tub. I radiate <laughs> a lot of heat. You know, um, the Tehran is weirdly beautiful in that you, if you squint, you almost feel like it's Paris sometimes. Like if in the it down, used to be called used that. to be it used, it used to be, to be like, called that. Yeah, the yeah. Paris of yeah. No, uh, wait, but that was Lebanon. Sorry, my mistake. Right. Uh, no, but it, Iran felt Iran very was around, especially before the revolution. Yeah. Also, even to great extent after that, it was. They say New York, Paris, Tehran, the yeah. three cities that never sleeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These were the three places that were like inter. Yeah. The Westerners were talking about it as in like, that's the place you go to party. That's the yeah. place you go to have an adventure. Right. Uh, like testament to that, like you know, they were talking about like, um, Pink Panther, the old part two. Yeah, yeah. Like, Tehran, Iran was a bucket list for yeah. to go to see. Yeah. It still is. I want to go back one day. I don't know if it's the same as it was, you know, twenty years ago. But we'll see. It's just, it's just interesting. Um, sometimes it was funny. Like I'd be walking down the street with my mom. Yeah. Okay. Some of her hair would come out of her, of her headscarf, and the ladies around the corner would start to panic. So they gather around her to stuff her hair back, and my mom doesn't look like a Malaysian. Mm. Right? North Indian descent. Okay. They assume she's a local. Mm. So start speaking to her privacy. She's like, I don't understand. And so she explains that, oh, I'm actually, you know, visiting Tehran, you know, for work. And then, oh, that's very, very interesting. And then, and then, uh, and then point to me and go, uh, is this your husband? <laughs> and my mom, no, that, that, that's my son. That's your son? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I look old for my age. What can I tell you? It's very awkward. You know? <laughs> God. It's so... I, I really like Tehran. It was really nice. One, you know... I'm glad you have that idea about it. <laughs> I mean, I know it's yeah. not as... Some as people pretty. say, they're like, man, I had such a great time. You know, For me, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. That you have a great experience. But yeah. it's like... Uh, it's just got worse and worse and yeah. worse and the thing is uh, the, some people say like oh man you guys have such a nice country yeah. you know, I say like yeah you want to go to the circus but you don't want to live in it yeah yeah that, yeah that is very true yeah that is and that was 20 years ago when things were like that better. was yeah that was like when we had a we still had a good status yeah internationally and everything yeah. now our passport is dropped to the bottom yeah like the quality of our passport is like that we were like Four above from the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, which is really doesn't make any difference anymore at that point. Well, if it makes you feel less alone, our country is known for two missing airplanes and. Uh, and uh, ah, shut up, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> shut up. Oh, we have two planes. <laughs> People die, you know how many? Ten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> even if it makes you feel less alone, you know. <laughs> it's like, Oh, yeah. We started 2020 by having a whole array of explosions. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is true, though. Yeah, I don't want to get true. too much into that, but yeah. we had a lot of explosions this year. And that's yeah. just, and not just like the plane and the general and everything. Yeah. I had our, there, there were a few considerable. Yeah. 
Which I would assume it's for an attack. Really. Yeah. I, I just had that assumption. It's like unanimously a lot of people agree that yeah. this is a work of espionage by right. Israeli and an American to quite, to a good extent, destabilize yeah. the economy and the, not just the economy, just the, the whole party. Yeah, and, yeah. But, ah, man, there's just so much crap going on. I don't know. It's so, it's so bizarre. This year is made out of gunpowder and disease. It's just, uh, I, told my weird. Bro- yeah, I told my brother, it was like, 2020 is the foreplay for the cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it's the foreplay you yeah. have before the ass fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're going to get fucked yeah, in the end, yeah. but this is just a foreplay. Yeah. The rim job is just the bribe. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. It's just the prelude for the... I don't know how that thing came about. Yeah, I don't... Just... <laughs> when did Rim Job became a thing? I, I think what happened was somebody tried eating pussy and went too low. That's what that's... <laughs> Like they figured, okay, so the vagina is much lower than I think, but it's not that much lower, okay? <laughs> You know, it's like it's a yeah. new taboo. Yeah, right? yeah, it's a new. Yeah, uh, before like yeah. butt stuff was yeah. stuff that right. people were crazy about. Like, now it's all rim jobs. Geographically, just try. It's geographically, just, it's just an inch away. Yeah, to two inches. Geographically, focus on Thailand and then proceed to Singapore. Yeah. Do not go to Australia. That's a, <laughs> there is nothing but spiders and snakes. <laughs> yeah, damn so the Australia yeah. is the asshole of the world. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, is that I'm, what you're saying, right? I mean, Australia is the asshole of the planet Earth. I mean, you need it, don't you? <laughs> you need to shit somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds very, space. it sounds very crude, but ask any Aborigine, he said, it was fine until white people showed up. Yeah. White people single-handedly did more shit to the earth, yeah. killed more people. Than, yeah. Than any other race. It's very strange. Genghis Khan didn't do it, uh, what they did. No, Genghis Khan was at least polite. He said, you can give up and then just like pay a thing and then we'll leave you alone. Genghis Khan was a conqueror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. White people were like, no, we, no, we're we're going this. to, yeah, we're going to turn you into farmers for a, and it's going to be good for you, and it's going to be good for you because, and it's our burden that we're doing it for you, like you, you know, nothing more atrocious than learning learning about the 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 Dutch East India Company and what they did. Oh, to the India. East India, yeah, those yeah. sons of bitches, yeah. Like, and we're so. And we, um, we and we never got out of the mentality. Like the Malaysian flag is basically the British East India flag with a mo- with a modification. To the, yeah, you know it's it's so weird. You know that the the East India was established in the India Bay thanks to us actually. Oh no! <laughs> thanks to Iranians. Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah! I mean, uh, it, what we did to India helped. Weakening it to the point that East India, that the East India Company can go and because establish. of because of pressure from the top. Yeah, it wasn't just the pressure from the top. Um, before this is this might go to six hundred years ago, seven hundred right, years right, ago, right. we had this guy called uh, Nader Shah. Ah, this, yes. Uh, this was this was prior to this was prior to uh, Qajar. Yes. Qajar, which was before Pahlavi, yeah, yeah. and before Pahlavi, there was before uh, before Qajar, there was Zand, yes, uh, which was a very short-lived dynasty. Yeah. It had like only 
have maybe like one or two two generations where like it got dismantled immediately after right, the right. main guy. And uh, before Zand was mm-hmm. Afshar, which mm-hmm. was run by this guy called Nader Shah. Mm-hmm. And he's such a well-known conqueror that in the, they refer to Napoleon yeah. as the Nader of Europe. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. At first, they were saying Nader is a Napoleon of Asia. Yeah. But then they re- they were like, well, but Nader was before Napoleon, right, right. so it became that Napoleon is another of Europe. That's that's more accurate. Know your place. Know your you place. Short bastard. <laughs> he was five seven. He's you not f- that short, but still, yeah, still, fuck him. Yeah, yeah. French. Fuck. fuck you and your stomach cancer, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Fucking Corsican! You speak French with an Italian accent. <laughs> He's a, he, he had some he had a very interesting sense of humor though. Oh, Napoleon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Napoleon. Yeah. He, he uh, got separated from his crew. I don't know if he was in a battle with Russians. Or, yeah, yeah. Everybody's in a battle with Russians if you're some kind. And of everybody got fucked when they go battle. So don't fuck with Russians. Yeah. Why? Why would you do this historically? Don't <laughs> don't do that. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Make sure at least wait for the global. Maybe global warming is a conspiracy theory. So they say bring the temperature finally, of Russia yeah. to an acceptable rate. No, that so won't you can work. Attack them. That won't work. They're Russian. It'll just make Siberia nicer to live in. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like he went. He got separated from his bodyguards. Yeah. And he took refuge into this bakery. Apparently, oh, so the French. The Such a French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baguettes! Oh, baguette. I'll go hide in the side of baguette. <laughs> I'll go hide in yeah. the baguette. I would hide in the croissants, but my back is very bad. Uh, he looks like a croissant, so he would just <laughs> he would probably just cover the f- in front of himself with yeah. dough. <laughs> so yeah. He went in the baguette, uh, <laughs> and the baker w- and the the enemy couldn't find him. Yeah, and. The baker asked him after that, how did that felt like? Yeah. And he was like, you want to know how that felt like? He took him yeah. and he rounded up his soldiers yeah. and they tied the guy up. Yeah. And they were like, they're going to they're gonna shoot him. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, execute him. Yeah. And he said, on my command, fire. And he brought the sword up, yeah. but didn't bring it down. Yeah. And then he went to the guy and said, that's how it felt like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> like a son oh, of God. <laughs> Welcome, my name is Napoleon Bonaparte. Welcome to Jackass. He was the original punk. <laughs> you got punked, salon. <laughs> oh. Oui, I eat your pussy. Come on. Come on. What, you, know you know what I just realized? What did you realize? That every single like warmongering dictator starts out as like an ethnic outsider. Right? Yeah. So you got Stalin, who was actually a Georgian. And yeah. you got Hitler, who was actually an Austrian. Yeah. And you got Napoleon, who was technically a Corsican. Yeah. It's something about... Being an outsider yeah. that you want to prove yourself in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Like a higher drive. Yeah, it's very, very weird. Like, I was actually, funny enough, listening to Mike Tyson's podcast with Joe Rogan before I come here. Yeah. And he was talking about his take. Yeah. Uh, he Because he studied uh, the Conquerors. Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, I, what I've read... He, 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 he legit did it because yeah. I was listening to him. I was like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. Right. He's not just bullshitting. Yeah. He said, like, all of them were mama's boys. Yeah. Uh, All of them were outsiders. Yeah. All of them were shepherds or uh, 
shepherds or farmers, yeah, which became somebody else, right, right. which became a conqueror, right. And it's quite true, to be honest. Like everybody you yeah. follow through in the course of history, they really came from nothing. To yeah, be, like the most admirable ones at the very least. Yeah, uh, it's not that they came from nothing, but they came from, from what I notice, right? They come from the bottom rung of a higher class. That's a very uncomfortable position to be with, right? Because with with. Um, with Hitler, he wasn't exactly poor, but he was, but he was this sort of like lower middle class man who, who was now a painter and he couldn't get a job. First of all, when yeah. you mention Hitler, yeah. first you say hi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He couldn't get a job. <laughs> he did not need a job. Yeah. He did not <laughs> Yeah, it shouldn't be Heil Hitler. It should have been higher Hitler. Higher. He will kill us. <laughs> but it's true. So you're you're in a position that should be privileged, but you're at the bottom rung of that. Exactly. Right? And it's it's a very uncomfortable place to be with because it's like you feel like you don't have any right to complain, but your life is still miserable. Yeah. So you there is nowhere else to go but up. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah, I can't say anything above that for you for this. Really, they and the thing is, is that they carry a considerable amount of rage with them. Oh yeah, yeah. when it comes to that. Yeah, uh, Genghis Khan, for example. I mean, he right. went and hid in a hide. Yeah, in a not a, in a in a in a in a bale of hay. So, yeah, and he got stabbed, and he didn't even say a word. Yeah. And he got lucky because as the person was stabbing the right. hay, the the blood got rubbed off the hay as right. he pulled it out, so he couldn't say anybody was in it. Right. Like he was dirt poor, a low ranking, mm. not even I don't know if he was called if he was even considered a soldier at the time. He no. was very he yeah. was a nobody. Yeah, that's true. Managed yeah. to gather people around him. Yeah. Hitler wanted to be a fucking painter. Yeah. He's <laughs> Was it? Uh, the world would have been really different. Yeah, if he just got a painting gig. It's like Eddie is it said, I can't get the chaser, I said to love the man. <laughs> you know? Get the Jews. Uh, the, 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 the Jews. The Jews fucked up my paints, fuck. Ah. <laughs> I'm going to kill all of the Jews and then make a really cute car for some reason. <laughs> you know? Um... Iesu Tokugawa was a farmer. Tokugawa? Who was that? So, the, one of the greatest shoguns of medieval Japan was Iesu Tokugawa. Mm. Right. This is how, this is how powerful he is. He had a, he had a, he had a section of his, of his castle that's just dedicated to ninjas. That's, when you think about ninja legends, Iesu Tokugawa was their patron. Wow, alright. Yeah. You don't want to fuck it with a dude who's got like a stable of ninjas, okay? <laughs> it goes. <laughs> yeah. What do you have? I have an army. Uh, what does it feel? Uh, I, got, I have Russians, okay. But I have ninjas. I don't see them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The Russians will probably still win, but they will win after very, they very... They'll lose a lot. They'll lose a lot. Yeah. Right. And the worst part is you can't tell if you're winning because the ninjas disappear once they die. 
<laughs> are we are we with it? We don't know. Every time they die, they go poof. <laughs> poof. Very annoying. <laughs> the scariest thing is uh, is a Russian ninja. <laughs> if the universe were to suddenly create Russian ninjas, we are all fucked. Seal Team Six can yeah. go fuck himself. <laughs> the closest thing we have to Russian ninjas is like the Gru or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the the Russian uh, Russian Secret Service ah uh-huh, yeah the FSB the, FSB. the GRU <laughs> yeah you know um, you know it's 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 very close they got the balaclavas they got the special tactics yeah they have the they have a, they can do somersaults over objects and then throw a shovel into your face like a knife it's like <gasps> you're very extra you know that yeah shit yeah. <laughs> do you have do you have a Kalashnikov? Yet mm. I have shovel. <laughs> what do you do with the shovel? And then the shovel embeds <laughs> into your skull. Oh, that's what you do with the shovel. And you fall backwards. Oh, there was a, what was it called? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, for, who was the guy who killed uh, Trotsky? Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. didn't even need yeah. a shovel. He yeah. had an ice pick. Yeah. That's <laughs> fucking Jesus. Jammed it in the skull. Trotsky, you're about to get ice. Fuck Trotsky, he had it coming. He said, that plan was terrible. Just kill him. He's fine. He's fine. I know. <laughs> You make puns so bad, I want to die. Just, yeah. just kill me now. What was yeah. it? The Trotsky was like, uh, yeah, he had the chance to kill Stalin, and Lenin ordered it. Yeah, he just then went through with it. He decided yeah. not to go through with it. Oh, yeah, nah, you nah, have he... to kill the Georgian hipster pretty boy. <laughs> he's, he's very, very sus. <laughs> yes. Wow, we are yeah. two hours and seven minutes, man. Yes. That's that's moral of the story is an Among Us joke. Red is sus. <laughs> <laughs> I just started playing that. Yeah, yeah. I just started playing that. And yeah. I, I actually asked, what the fuck is sus? <laughs> yeah. What is sus? It's suspect, suspicious. Oh, alright. Like if you were saying like, hey, black is sus or red is sus, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Sorry, what the hell? Is no, suspect? black is sus. That's because you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> Why is sus? Well, well, yeah, actually, the, uh, yeah, historically, this is true. I just I played it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite cool. Yeah. I just started playing it. It was like, yeah. right. I can tell why people get addicted to that. Yeah, it will ruin your faith in people. But yeah. It's a- oh yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, yeah. it ruined me in a sense yeah. because I was like trying to. I didn't no. It would ruin me because I realized I can be evil if ah, I yeah, want yeah, to. Yeah. So, so like this person was like, oh, I killed this person. Yeah. I became an imposter. So yeah. I ca- killed this person. Yeah. And Orange yeah. ran in as I was. I was running oh, out, no. oh, and no. he immediately reported the dead body. Yeah. I immediately before he has a chance. It's Orange. It's Orange. <laughs> 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 Poor guy didn't even have a chance to defend him. <laughs> He got, he got, he got thrown out. He, <laughs> he got, ah, 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 my God, that is brilliant. Uh, oh, God. I was like, oh, dang, fuck you. There is, just goes to show you, there's a very thin line between a law-abiding citizen and a, and a, and a <laughs> psychopathic serial killer. Oh, yeah. The, the other time, oh, one person mm. called me out and I was like, I think it's black. I was like... No, it's not, and everything, and then next round, I went and killed him. 
<laughs> it was the first person I killed and his body was reported oh my god and I just couldn't help it it was like a person wrote uh, I think his color was like the person I killed was like white it's a white yeah. accused black and now he's dead sounds fishy and I yeah. immediately like yeah come and they all voted for me like dude what the fuck <laughs> White accused black and now he's dead. History in a nutshell. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Mm. And I just hope we can start doing comedy again. I hope Crackhouse stays and hearing all the comedy yeah, clubs are yeah. up. All of the all of the, uh, well, all two of the comedy clubs. I hope whoever's having comedy shows, organizing comedy shows, I hope everybody mm. gets back on their feet as well. Yeah, and I'm just looking forward to seeing everybody again, having you know hanging out, mama sessions, mama sessions, you know because there's nothing like a good mama session after a show. Yeah, you know when everybody's gathered around and just like tossing jokes at each other, it's it's the best kind of interaction. Yeah, I hope we can get more people to also do podcasts and everything. Like, mm. just to have an imitation of that, even though we won't have that, mm. have that experience of doing a stand-up prior to that. I probably, yeah. by the way, cut this up to two hours. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we'll be two-parter. We'll be much better. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys enjoyed. Yes. I hope you guys could listen and hear us yeah. clearly. If you couldn't, yeah. well, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, anyways... Nice talking to you guys. Talk to you guys later. Anything you have to say, Rakib? Uh, do cocaine. <laughs> the secret to life is cocaine. <laughs> Be like Hunter S. Thompson. Do cocaine. Do cocaine, kids. Do cocaine. Yeah. Just make it break it down to thirty minutes and then fifty minute increments. Yeah. And, then you, and then do some grass to take yourself down. Yeah. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation, kids. <laughs> Everything in moderation. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Do cocaine. Do cocaine.